Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, uh, for 25 years now, it's a great joy for me to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time over all of these domestic church media radio stations and all of our other platforms. Uh, If you are Listening live at 4.01 on this beautiful December 9th, 2020. Uh, you can also watch the program because we stream, uh, stream live video on the Domestic Church Media YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Domestic Church Media, video streaming live right now. Also live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org and live video streaming on our Facebook page at Facebook dot com slash domestic church media. Of course, we're also coming to you on all of our other audio platforms. If you have the free domestic church media mobile app, you can listen there. You can actually watch the program on the mobile app as well on your tablet or other mobile device. Uh, we stream from our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And we come to you on the uh, home speaker devices, as they call them the Google Home device or the Amazon Echo device. You know, I say that because um, two of our four stations are AM, and by FCC regulations, uh, we have to reduce power on our AM stations at sunset every day. <clears throat> That's all around the year. Of course, in the summertime, it doesn't make a lot of, a diff- lot of difference because the sun sets so late. But December is the worst month as far as sunset goes, and we have to reduce power at 4.30. So if you listen to one of our AM stations and uh, you wonder why around 4.30 you lose transmission or the signal fades, that's why. But you can always listen on any of our audio platforms because we don't reduce power there. You can listen on the stream, on our mobile app, on the Amazon Echo or Google Home Devices and we don't reduce power there. So uh, all kinds of ways. You know, radio is changing in s- so rapidly because of technology. Uh, and as I've shared with you in the past, and, uh, you know, we're not far away now from a new year, uh, it's always on my heart. The Lord always gives me something else to work on. <laughs> and uh, uh, we do need to expand our reach into these other uh, media. And so just keep praying about that. We're, you know, a lot of things in the fire right now. We had a big, um, uh, actually big, we had, we had a big idea <laughs> or a proposal, I'll put it that way. Um, uh, oh, a year ago, you might recall, Cheryl and I had to go down to EWTN back in uh, early March. And there were a couple of projects that I was uh, discussing with the network that 
looked pretty good, actually, but uh, because of the pandemic, everything shut down. So anyway, we'll see what's going on in that area. We always, the Lord is in charge. What do I know? He knows what he's doing. He just uses me as his instrument, and uh, that's why he put me here right now. So uh, I thank you, my friends. Actually, I almost didn't didn't make it because I had a, I had a dental cleaning uh, around 1 o'clock this afternoon, <laughs> and uh they kept wanting to do something else. And I said, well, you got to wait because I, I said, if, if I don't get back by 4 o'clock, there'll be dead air on four radio stations. So the additional work they wanted to do on my mouth, <laughs> we'll have to wait, I said, until the new year. Um, you know, those, those of you that are, you know, our generation, you know, we, we grew up, uh, we didn't have the benefits that like our children have had and our grandchildren now have of the fluoride and all the other treatments that – Cavities are rare, but, you know, if you're my generation, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a, a lot of uh, silver in our mouths um, if the teeth are still there even. So anyway, I'm rambling. Let's pray. <laughs> As always, my friends, I thank you for joining me uh, and uh, thank you for praying. And I want to thank everybody. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to go to the post office today, but I'm still going through the previous day's mail. Um and God bless you all, all the prayer requests, and I promise you that I'm collecting all of them, taking them into our chapel uh, in the morning when I come in, praying morning prayer. Uh, during the day, I'll, I'll get into the chapel, do some daytime prayer. I'll also, of course, pray evening prayer before I leave for the day. And I take all of your prayer requests, all, the, all of those uh, who took the time to fill out that uh, prayer slip that was included in our newsletter mailing back in November, uh, now returning that, and I appreciate that so much. And I know when Bruce comes here on the third Monday, I'll share uh, some of them with him. Actually, there are some here in the studio left over from last week during the Radiothon. Uh, Bruce was praying for them uh, as well. So, And again, I want to thank all of you who are still so generously responding uh, to our Christmas mailing uh, our Radiothon last week was an enormous success, and I have to just say, I, it's for me, it's overwhelming, especially given the current times, and I know how difficult the times are for many of you to still make those enormous financial sacrifices to help us as we enter into the new year in just a couple of weeks. So I make as part of my prayer here a great big thank you, Jesus, for you, our family of domestic church media listeners and viewers and, and benefactors. You just overwhelm me. You really, really do. And uh, you have our prayers throughout the rest of this Advent season and into Christmas. You know, Christmas week, we pretty much cut back on all of our normal programming and just play music. And uh, I spend a lot of time over here uh, because I want to spend time with the Lord during those Christmas days. And uh, you will be prayed for, I promise you, and all of your intentions, intentions will be prayed for. So, and real quick, speaking of Christmas music, because of the weather outside being so frightful, uh, the music is going to be delightful at 5 o'clock. I, I decided to put on a little Christmas music for you at 5 o'clock. So if, um, you know, you want to get the fire going in the fireplace, if you have one, if you want to get some of those decorations out and start uh, trimming the tree, however you're going to start preparing for Christmas, if you've not already, uh, we will have an hour of Christmas music for you at 5 o'clock. So, uh, to, in the spirit of the day and the beautiful snow that was falling in most of our listening area 
although not really sticking. Although I, I did, it was our, our son sent us a, a picture of their home up in Hunterdon County, and, and it was on the ground, which is pretty neat. The kids were having a good time. So anyway, let's let's now gather, my friends, wherever you are, however you're listening or watching, uh, coming together as brothers and sisters in the Lord and pray. We, we of course, are still praying for our country. This beautiful prayer uh, to our Blessed Mother, and uh, we're praying for um, the devil to stay far away from this country. And we see and hear and and, uh, read a lot about what's going on in the background and all the stuff that's happened already and where we're going. But let's just trust in the Lord. As you know, I shared with you yesterday, this coming Saturday, which is the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, There is a massive, they're calling it the Jericho March in Washington, D.C., where uh, faithful from around the country are gathering, uh, I believe at 9.30 Saturday morning, and they're going to circle in prayer seven times the Supreme Court building, the U.S. Capitol, and the Justice Department building to bring down the walls of election fraud and injustice They're calling it the church roars. So if you hear a roar or feel a rumbling of a roar on Saturday morning coming up, that's what it is. Now, if you can't get down to Washington, you certainly can join spiritually in that prayer between 930 and 1045 uh, to pray. So we're still praying for our country. Uh, And today, December 9th, is the anniversary of the passing into eternal life of our dear Spiritual patron, uh, Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, passed on this day in 1979. So we'll also invoke his intercession in a special way. Let's begin, my friends, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America Grant us peace, have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray the prayers our Holy Father, Pope Francis, asked us to pray over two years ago. He asked us to pray these prayers daily, every single day, uh, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. 
And we've added to that intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us today in a special way. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us on this, the 41st anniversary of his passing. We pray... St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us, and Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you again, uh, my friends, for praying. And again, just want to say thank you, and it's included in my prayers every day, uh, to thank you and thank the Lord for you and your just tremendous outpouring of support for this apostolate last week during our Radiothon 2020. You know, every time we go to those Radiothons, and this year again was different. It seems every every year there's something that just kind of gets a little bit in the way that f- creates some doubt in my mind on will this be successful. You might recall the previous one uh, back in April of 2019. We were having all kinds of turmoil here at the apostolate with the the mold issues and all that other stuff that was going on. And two days before the Radiothon, Bruce uh, DeBacco, who was supposed to uh, co-host with me, uh, was stricken with a uh, fever and an illness and couldn't make it. And I remember sitting in the chapel, (laughs) having a, a long conversation with the Lord saying, should we have it? Should we wait? What should I do, Lord? It's been a crazy year. Thus far, it was only April, uh, and I felt him say, do it, and uh, Cheryl stepped right in and took over the co-hosting duties for the first two days. Bruce finally was able to come back on the last day of that Radiothon, and it just, it was, that, it was, it was just incredible. And this year, you know, we weren't, we were supposed to have it in April of, of this year, didn't have it, obviously, because of the pandemic. Uh, the unemployment situation, all the other things that were having adverse effects on uh, people's ability to donate and, and make charitable donations. We prayed about it. We put it off. We put it off. We put it off and said, you know what, let's just have it in December. And we did. And you responded in, so incredibly. And it just really, I, you know, I, I know I said it again. I said it yesterday, and I won't spend as much time today on it, but it certainly is worthy of declaring and proclaiming because <clears throat> I, you know, been, had been doing this, as I said, 25 years, a long time. Uh, my peers in the in their own individual apostolates around the country, uh, you know, we all feel the same thing, you know, and we all, as, as, especially as affiliates, affiliates of EWTN, always view ourselves as these little microcosms of what Mother Angelica built uh, so many years ago with the same struggles and with the same challenges 
not as much on a, 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 as a large a level as, as the international network that EWTN is, but certainly our needs, you know, in a more microcosmic way. And um, you always come through. The Lord always comes through with you, and uh, you just just amaze me. So thank you. And I, and I still, as I said, as a result of our newsletter that went out uh, just before Thanksgiving, I'm still getting stacks of mail, people returning those envelopes with donations and prayer requests and things. So uh, we do need this apostolate. We, we need to have Catholic media, especially now where the uh, mainstream media has been so uh, skewed and tainted, and um, people just don't know what to believe anymore. And, you know, uh, there's a great, speaking of our dear Bishop Sheen, whose anniversary is today, um, one of the favorite quotes that I like to use when I refer to what we do here at Domestic Church Media, Venerable Archbishop Sheen once said, if you want people to remain the same, tell them what they want to hear. But if you want people to change, tell them what they need to know. And think about our mission here at Domestic Church Media. You know, we're not here to tickle your ears with what you want to hear, to make you feel good. We certainly want you to feel good in the Lord. We want you to, 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 to love life and, and uh, rejoice in, in all that, uh, the many blessings the Lord bestows upon us. But our responsibility is not to tell our listeners just what they want to hear. Our responsibility is to tell our listeners what they need to know. See, there's such an important component of an apostolate such as this, which has such enormous reach, both on our four radio, you know, on all of our four radio stations, but also all of the other media that we use to proclaim the love of Jesus. Because in the end, that's what it all comes down to. It doesn't come down to electoral colleges or. Uh, you know, who voted this way or voted that way. I mean, these things are important, yes. But ultimately, we are citizens of heaven. And the responsibility of domestic church media and the mission of domestic church media is to build up the kingdom, the kingdom of God, not anybody else's kingdom, the kingdom of God through you and to help you along this journey. You know, I read through, again, thanks to all of you who take the time to write these beautiful little notes to me and when you send in your, your envelope. It, it, it just touches my heart. I can't, I, I can't express it any better than that. I read them, and I think we are making a difference. We are having an impact. Not that I didn't think we did, but I didn't maybe understand how powerfully and how regularly the Lord works through this in such a way that so many hearts are touched on a, on a daily basis. And not to, again, tickle your ears, but to tell you what you need to know to help us all one day sit around the heavenly banquet table and be with the Lord for all eternity. That's, that's what it all comes down to. Nothing else is important. And we do that in many different ways with 
many different programs. You know, one of the ways you're going to do it at five o'clock is just to give you an hour of beautiful Christmas music, just to, uh, music that's going to sing of the birth of Jesus. We've been doing that now, as we do every year during Advent, and, and uh, here we are in the second week. Um, tomorrow, it's going to be on 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, 9 o'clock in the morning, so 6 and 9, and then in the afternoon at 2 o'clock, and uh, tomorrow's Thursday, right? And then, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 2 o'clock, and then uh, maybe I'll put it on again at 5. <laughs> I... I sometimes just go by inspiration. And today when I was driving back from the dentist and the little snowflakes were falling down, I had some music on in my car. We were playing it at 2 o'clock. I thought, what a nice treat if, if it's still snowing at 5 o'clock in most of our listening area to have the music playing in the background. Again, just to build up. We're called to build up. We're not called to tear down. That's why when, when I see such division in our church, I see division in, in our country, but especially in our church, it, it really disheartens me because that's not what this church is about. This church is not about division. This church is about the body of Christ, all being members of that mystical body and building up the kingdom here on earth. And I just pray that in, in, in one way or another, we can, we can do that. Now, I, I, I want to move on because I, I a few things I want to cover, but I, I mentioned it yesterday, and I'm sure by now um, most of you have read it, that the Holy Father has declared this year, effective yesterday, beginning yesterday, running through next year on December 8th, uh, has declared this year a year of St. Joseph, which is beautiful. And um, as I said, it will run from yesterday through... Um, next year's December 28th, and he did this because it's the 150th anniversary of Pope Blessed uh, Pius IX's declaration of St. Joseph as the patron of the Catholic Church, um, and the Holy Father established this year of St. Joseph in which every faithful following uh, St. Joseph's example can daily strengthen their life of faith in the fulfillment of God's will. He said all the faithful will thus have the opportunity to commit themselves with prayers and good works to obtain, uh, with the help of St. Joseph, head of the celestial family of Nazareth, a comfort and relief from the serious human and social tribulations that today grip the contemporary world. Um, and it's interesting because um, this decree follows, you might recall, Father Don Calloway earlier this year uh, released a book, Consecration to St. Joseph, and he actually called for the Holy Father to declare a year of St. Joseph. And uh, Father Calloway, Father Don, wasn't sure if this was a direct response, um, but perhaps the Holy Father really did respond to it, uh, having read his letter and, and book. Uh, so, Anyway, the great thing is St. Joseph, who's also the protector of the universal church, which I think is very important to also continually meditate on, that our church needs protection. Our church needs spiritual protection. And I think the Holy Father, Pope Francis, you know, and I, you know, I've said it before, and you know, they're, they're, 
I know there are there are a lot of people who feel um, ambiguous, perhaps, about this Holy Father. They're not sure about him because of his own ambiguity in certain areas. Uh, Got to be careful what you read because a lot of the sources of information, uh, even though they say they're Catholic, um, have a, a particular spin toward this particular Holy Father. Um, but when you see something like this, where the man who sits in the seat of Peter currently tells us for a year and dedicates the year to St. Joseph as the protector of the universal church, um, you have to believe that this is obviously the right man the whole, that the Holy, that the, uh, uh, the Lord wants in this position for the moment. And we need to, to heed his exhortation in our own personal uh, understanding and relationship with St. Joseph, especially those of you uh, right now uh, with whom I'm speaking who are fathers, husbands. You know, we have an enormous role model in St. Joseph as a spouse of the Blessed Mother, as foster father of Jesus, head of the Holy Family, uh, I remember our dear friend, Father Benedict Rochelle, uh, one of the first times, I think it was the first time uh, we ever saw him in person many years ago, it was 25 years ago, uh, over at, um, um, in Ben Salem, oh, forgive me, I forget the name of the parish, Our Lady of Fatima, in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. Uh, there was a three-day conference in 1995 for which Cheryl and I were providing the music. And uh, a lot of big names were there. Father Benedict Rochelle was one of the speakers, Father Pablo Straub, uh, my now very good friend and spiritual director, uh, newly ordained then, Father Timothy Byerly, um, maybe not newly ordained, but a young priest, younger priest. Um, but I remember I heard, hearing Father Groeschel talking about St. Joseph. And he said, imagine the humility of this man as head of his family. And think about who his family is and as head of that family who was answering to him. He said how humbling it must have been every morning at the breakfast table to be having his morning coffee. Of course, Father Groeschel said that in his wonderful New York accent, having his morning coffee. And sitting across the table from him were the Incarnation and the Immaculate Conception every day, who were subject to him as head of the family. And he didn't certainly use that p p power in any, uh, you know, uh, um, bullying way, certainly, but understood his role as head of the family, as father, as husband. And we take our lead from him. But especially as protector of the universal church these days, my friends, you know, it's a year where we really should do the best we can to open up our hearts and minds to come to know St. Joseph better this year. Maybe it's a matter of going out and, and getting Father Don Calloway's book, Consecration to St. Joseph. There are many, many fine uh, books and, and literature on St. Joseph. You know, he's, there's not one recorded spoken word 
uh, by St. Joseph in sacred scripture. We know he spoke. We, we know he spoke, certainly, and spoke authoritatively uh, in many ways. He was the town carpenter. Uh, he had a reputation of being a, a fine craftsman, I'm sure. Um, but he was the spouse of the Immaculate Conception and the foster father of the Incarnation. And he took that role very, very seriously. And so the church in, in I guess it was 150 years ago, where Blessed St. Pius IX uh, declared St. Joseph as the patron of the universal church and the protector of the universal church. These days especially, you know, we don't know uh, how our religious liberties and freedoms are going to be affected in the future based on the current political situation in this country and the cha- possible possible changes that may occur and how that will affect us. We don't know how it's going to affect us here at the Apostolate necessarily. But we know we can go to St. Joseph, who is the protector of the universal church, to protect our church, protect our parishes, protect our domestic churches. You know, I think it's a beautiful uh, prayer every day, and I'm going to put it out to the, the fathers and grandfathers to pray every day, to invite St. Joseph, the Blessed Mother, and baby Jesus, a child Jesus, the Holy Family, into your domestic church every day, to dwell there, to dwell within your home, to dwell within your domestic church. Ask St. Joseph to protect your domestic church from the wiles of the devil. Uh, You know, we know that uh, St. Joseph being given the title of patron of the universal church as protector of the universal church has enormous power over Satan. And so invite St. Joseph and the Holy Family into your domestic churches, into your homes, to protect you from the devil. Uh, There are ways here, by the way, I didn't get to, but there are ways, and it's on churchpop.com. You can check it out on our website, Eight Ways to Gain a Plenary Indulgence During This Year of St. Joseph. So check it out. It's on our website at domesticchurchmedia.org. Eight ways to gain a plenary indulgence during the year of St. Joseph. Let me take a break. When I come back, Holy Father had his general audience today continuing his teaching on prayer. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Come to Me. Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. 
It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Turn over the pages of sacred scripture. What do you find? You find a record of men to whom God has spoken. And you'll also find a record of men who listened to him. In other words, scripture is fulfilled in concrete living dialogues. Now, men do not always want that dialogue with God. At one time, they desire it. At another time, they fear it. Adam was afraid when God called him in the garden. Cain was afraid when God spoke to him. Moses was afraid before the burning bush. When you and I have a dialogue with God, what makes it up? One thing that makes it up is, first of all, a consciousness of our own sin. And the other is the voice of God urging us to confess it, to seek his mercy. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Furlong to Forked River. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. All right, welcome back on this lovely December 9th, 2020. Got a little bit of a dusting out there. It really wasn't sticking much anywhere, but it was coming down. I don't know if it still is. I have no windows in the building. That I, well, I do in the building, but not in the studios. So I can't see what's going on out there. But just to keep us in the Christmas spirit, I'm going to put on some Christmas music for you at 5 o'clock. How about that? So if you want to get out those, maybe you just want to sit back and have a little toddy and enjoy. Um a little bit of a snow that we might have out there, or still have out there, uh, but uh, some Christmas music. Light your tree, or if you have any other decorations up, 
enjoyed. You know, one thing, great thing to do during this time of year, because, you know, we have done this, I mean, since I was a, a, a child. You put up the nativity scene. You leave the crib empty because Jesus isn't born yet, so it's an empty crib because everybody else is there. Maybe the three kings haven't shown up yet, but uh, uh, Chris, Joseph, and Mary are there. The anticipation of waiting to see. In our house, it was always uh, Santa Claus who put the baby Jesus in the crib. So you go to bed the night before, and the crib is empty, but the next day, uh, Santa was there the night before with all of his goodies. But the first thing Santa did, I'm told by my father, and I told my children, because dads have that responsibility of making sure Santa gets it right, that um, the first thing Santa would do would be to put the little baby in the crib because that's why we have Christmas. So the next morning you wake up and you see all your gifts, but first we would go and look at the crib and see baby Jesus and wish him a happy birthday. Ah, now what happens this year? <laughs> well, that'll all still happen. But as far as visiting goes, I don't know. Anybody having visiting issues like we did at Thanksgiving? Uh, I know Thanksgiving Day, Cheryl and I went out to eat at a restaurant in Bucks County. We, <laughs> it was just the two of us. We went and had dinner somewhere. Very nice. It was in fact, it was outside under in, in their under their canopy there with their heating heating system. Very comfortable, but just wasn't the same. And Christmas, I don't know. We'll see. I know it's going to be tough. I think. So let's see. What are we doing here? Um, I was going to share something with you, and I, I forgot. See, I start to ramble a little bit now that I'm getting older, and then I I lose my train of thought. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Bishop Sheen. Um, of course, today is the anniversary of his passing. It was on this day, December 9th, 1979. And, you know, just two months before, less than two months before, uh, Pope John Paul II was in New York. He was made a pilgrimage to the U.S. I guess it was his first pilgrimage uh, to the U.S. He was in New York at St. Patrick's. And there's a beautiful scene um, I don't know if there's video of it, but I know there's a, a picture, a photograph, where John Paul went to St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's, of course, was packed, and John Paul looked, stopped. He, he what he was teaching, stopped and looked around and says, "Where is Bishop Sheen?" And Bishop Sheen was way in the back, kind of all by himself, hidden in the crowd. He didn't want to take away from John Paul too, and John Paul called him up. And then you know, out of the crowd came this, that, in those, that, you know, it was October of 79, very frail. He was just less than two months away from his own death, kind of shuffling up toward the Holy Father. And John Paul embraced him. There's a wonderful picture of John Paul II and Archbishop Sheen embracing. And he said, thank you, you have... You are a true son of the church, and you've served the church well. And uh, it was not not two months later that Bishop Sheen passed. Now, interesting about his passing is he always wanted, he said he always wanted to, to go home to the Lord on a feast day of Our Lady. And, you know, where Archbishop Sheen lived, um, he always had a, a chapel 
with the Blessed Sacrament in his in his home, in his apartment. And he did here. And they found his body on the floor, and he seemed to have been headed toward the chapel, toward the Blessed Sacrament. But the coroner, I guess, established that he did pass maybe 1.30 in the morning, December 9th, which means he just missed <laughs> the Feast of, our, of the Immaculate Conception. But uh, he was on his way to see Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament when he, he uh, was called home. And, of course, you know, he was entombed in St. Patrick for so many years, and that's where we got a chance to go down and venerate his tomb. And I had those, you know, I tell the story. I had the, the holy cards, and I touched them to his tomb. In fact, one is outside the building where I sit right now between the slats of the vinyl siding. Many, many, many years ago, I put it in there and told the Lord, if you want this to be a Catholic radio station, send me the people. And I put Bishop Sheen's prayer card in there. And, well, here we are. But, of course, Bishop Sheen is now in Peoria, and I understand my cousin had gone there a while back. It's a wonderful uh, shrine to Bishop Sheen in Peoria, Illinois. So when he eventually gets beatified, the beatification is going to take place in, in Peoria, and Cheryl and I have already decided that when that happens, we will have an official domestic church media pilgrimage to Peoria for the beatification of Bishop Sheen, whenever that is, who knows. But Bishop Sheen, pray for us. He's been a great spiritual patron of ours from the beginning. Of course, our first two radio stations, this AM, where I am right now, our flagship WFJS 1260 AM, and of course our second major station that opened uh, in 2011, WFJS 89.3 FM. Those call letters, WFJS, are to honor Fulton J. Sheen. So in case you don't know, that was, that's he's our special patron. Well, today over in Rome, our Holy Father continued his catechesis in his general audience on prayer. And today, he said, prayer is so powerful that even death trembles when a Christian prays. Think about that. He said this was the case because Christ triumphed over death at the resurrection. Even death trembles when a Christian prays, Pope Francis taught, because it knows that everyone who prays has an ally stronger than it has, the risen Lord. Death has already been defeated in Christ, and the day will come when everything will be final, and it will no longer scorn our life and our happiness. The Holy Father, um, again, continuing this teaching on, on prayer, speaking of the live stream from his apostolic uh, palace library, um, the Holy Father cited the example of the Our Father, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. He said that in the Our Father, we implore God for the highest gifts, the sanctification of his name among men, the advent of his lordship, the realization of his will for good in relation to the world. And then he referred to the Catechism, observing that in the Our Father, we pray first for the coming of God's kingdom and then for what we require to welcome it. 
He said, but in the Our Father, we also pray for the simplest gifts, for the most of everyday gifts, such as daily bread, which also means health, home, work, everyday things, and also means for the Eucharist, necessary for life in Christ. And we also pray for the forgiveness of sins, which is a daily matter. We are always in need of forgiveness and therefore peace in our relationships. And finally, the Holy Father said that he may help us face temptation and free us from evil. And he noted that at times we can feel self-sufficient and believe we do not need anything from God. But sooner or later, Pope Francis said, this illusion vanishes. We all experience at some time or another in our own existence the time of melancholy, of solitude. And the Holy Father said the Bible is not ashamed of showing our human condition marked by disease, injustice, the betrayals of friends, or the uh, threat of enemies. And at times it seems that everything collapses, that life lived so far has been in vain. In these situations, Pope Francis said, when it seems that everything is falling apart, there is only one way out, the cry, the prayer, Lord, help me. Prayer can open up a silver of, a sliver of light in the densest darkness. Lord, help me, the Holy Father said. This opens it up and opens up the road. It opens up the path. Human beings are not alone in praying, he said. There resounds in us the multiform cry of creatures, of trees, of rocks, of animals. Everything yearns for fulfillment. I remember Mother Angelica one time saying, and this is 25, 30 years ago, there was a, I guess it was one summer we were, or fall, there were numerous hurricanes um, sitting off the coast of the U.S. You know, it was like just very, very um, somber waiting for these things to hit. And, and Mother Angelica said, nature is rebelling against the sin of man. And that's what the Holy Father is saying here that the whole creation has been groaning and travail together until now. And, you know, this, this time of year, my brothers and sisters, can be a time of, of, of great joy, as we talked about yesterday, the, the joyful anticipation that we all hopefully feel during this Advent season and, and, the, and in the celebration of Christmas. You know, I was at the, I was at the dentist today, and the dentist said, so what are your plans for Christmas? <laughs> I just chuckled. I said, I don't know. You know, it's obviously going to be different this year. I am so tired of this COVID thing, and I'm not minimizing, you know, don't take it the wrong way. I'm just tired of it. I wish it would just go away. And I want things to get back to normal, not a new normal. Back to normal. You know, I want to be able to see people without masks on. <laughs> it's funny. I I I I um have the the my teeth cleaned today, and it was a new hygienist. I had never seen her before. She was new. She said she was only there three months. And the only thing I see are her eyes. I don't see. <laughs> I don't see her. You know, she's all covered up like she's working on plutonium, like I was some type of, of uh, nuclear accident that she was coming in to work on. I thought, you know, I'm not sick. 
<laughs> you don't have to do this. And we, we miss, you know, if you smile at someone today, they don't know it. I mean, maybe your eyes say it a little bit, I guess, but it, I'm just so tired of the whole thing. So I don't know what Christmas is going to bring this year. But I know that the true joy of Christmas comes from the heart anyway. So that can't be robbed. That can't be stolen. That, that can't be suppressed or locked up or locked down. And prayer is a big part of this. You know, Holy Father is saying that, you know, we have right now, we, we, I think we all cry out in, in so many ways, you know, Lord, help me. I can't take this anymore. I can't stand it. You know, those of you who are in our position where we have these three beautiful grandchildren who are growing up before our eyes and we can't hold them. Can't sit them on your lap or, or, or just embrace them. We have a brand new grandson who was born on the feast of the Holy Rosary back in October. We haven't held him yet. Lord, help me. Now, this is a plague. It is a plague on this country, on the world, because of what it's doing. But I want us to get back to normal, not a new normal, not some created normal by you know, those who think they're in power. But uh, just a, a, a regular normal. And prayer is going to get us through. Prayer has gotten us through. You know, and Holy Father is saying this, you know, that even in the, the toughest times of life, like we're having right now, or those times of, of disease or injustice or betrayal of friends, we get to this time of year, we look back over the course of this past year, we see there have been broken relationships, uh, friendships destroyed, perhaps. Uh, we think about past situations that could have turned out differently if only one person had said or done something differently. And you wonder, can they ever get back uh, to where we were, to where they were? Well, simply pray. And ask the Lord for help and guidance. And Holy Father said that we are the um, only ones in all of creation who pray consciously, knowing that we are addressing the Father and entering into dialogue with the Father. The Holy Father suggested that many people felt ashamed of asking for help. He said, don't be ashamed to pray. Lord, I, I need this. Lord, I'm, I'm in difficulty. Lord, help me. The cry of the heart to God, who is the Father, the Holy Father said. The Lord always gives to us, always. And everything is grace, everything, he said. The grace of God, everything is the grace of God. However, we must not suffocate the supplication that rises up in us spontaneously. Prayer of petition goes in step with acceptance of our limit and our Nature is creatures. One may not even reach the point of belief in God, but it is difficult not to believe in prayer. It simply exists. It presents itself to us as a cry, Pope Francis said. And we all know this inner voice and what may remain silent for a long time, but one day awakens and cries out. He emphasized that God will always respond to our supplications. There is no prayer in the book of Psalms that raises uh, 
a lament that remains unheard. I love the Psalms because there are 150 of them, and there's a Psalm for everything. You could find a Psalm for everything. I love the book of Psalms. And Holy Father points out that in that book of Psalms, uh, no prayer that raises a lament remains unheard. He says, God always answers. Maybe Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, but he always answers. In one way or another, he always answers. And that's a great message for anybody listening or watching right now who feels differently. I've been praying for this, that, or the other thing for such a long time, and God doesn't answer my prayer. Well, he has. If you've been waiting a long time, your answer right now is wait. Not easy. But you see, God's timing is perfect. I use the example, and this time of year always makes me think about this. It was 1984. Remember I shared with you yesterday, it it was yesterday, 36 years ago, that I had placed an ad in the newspaper for a piano player because my piano player was moving on into other things. I needed a piano player to keep singing in the clubs that I was singing in. I put an ad in the paper. It appeared yesterday, December 8th, 1984. A few days later, it was answered by uh, Cheryl. And um, we got together, I think it was December, it was a week later, December 15th. Met for the first time, talked a little bit. She played for me. You know, I gave her a couple pieces of sheet music. I did some of my my tunes that she played. And then she was going to go visit her family in Oklahoma, which she did. And a few days later was my 30th birthday. And it was a tough one (laughs) because it wasn't the fact that I was 30. That didn't bother me. The fact that I still felt very much alone and I was feeling a calling to uh, marriage and family life and there was no one in sight, even though I had just met (laughs) the person who I would eventually marry, I didn't know it at the time, I was very distraught on my 30th birthday, Christmas Eve. I love Christmas. Feeling alone, was calling a friend of mine that night, upset, playing Sinatra, singing, Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Making myself feel worse. (laughs) And I I, I cried out, Lord, help me. Lord, I, I can't go on like this. Lord, I need you. Please do something. I didn't get any answer to my prayer that night. Well, I did, but it was it, the answer was, okay, hang on. <laughs> just wait a minute. might be a little longer. Just hang in there. And I used the example that it was just one year later, after that time, my 30th birthday, Christmas Eve, blah, blah, all the, all the sadness. Just one year later, on that same birthday when I was turning 31 that I was just five days away from my wedding day and you see my prayer even the night of my 30th birthday I thought was not answered God was answering it he already had answered it Cheryl had already answered the ad I didn't know it but in God's time and God's way so those of you who are listening right now and I there probably are a, a number of you Whatever your prayer is, 
whatever your distress is because of that prayer, whatever your disappointment or your frustration feeling, God's not listening or God's not hearing you and God's not answering you. Yes, he is. I can assure you he is. You just don't realize it yet. You don't know what that answer is yet. But he has the best answer possible, an answer you never, ever could have thought of yourself. Because God sees where you're going to be a year from now. God sees where you're going to be a week from now. God sees what your situation is going to be six months from now. God knows. And all of that, if you are praying to the Lord and asking for his help, he will help you. Don't fret. I know it's tough, but you have to trust. Again, I, I, I think back to that night of my, my 30th birthday, more so of Christmas Eve the day after, that I thought that was the end. Everything was over. It was done. I've had it. I'm 30. I'm single. I have no hope. Of blah, blah, blah. All the woe is me routine. When God had already answered my prayer, but the ad in, in, in the newspaper had been answered uh, 10 days earlier or two weeks earlier. I didn't know that Cheryl was the one when she answered the ad, but God did. <laughs> I didn't know that a year, one exactly one year later, we'd be just a few days away from our wedding day, but God did. I just didn't trust enough. So any of you listening right now, in your prayer. Trust God. He hears it, and he is answering. All right, well, let's see. Tomorrow's Thursday. God willing, I'll be back. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Now, I'm putting on Christmas music for you the next hour. Enjoy, if it's still snowing, or enjoy your decorations. Open your heart to the joy of the anticipation of Christmas, okay? Coming up right now. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.